Welcome to the Man's Man Film Review. And now your hosts, Tom and Joe. They're gonna bring the rage, motherfuckers. Oh, indeed we will. Welcome back, Joe. Hey, welcome back, everyone. It's been a while. We're, we're sorry for the lateness of this episode, but we're gonna get back on a regular schedule now. But uh, let me tell you, it's all the rage. Indeed it I'm is. glad you waited. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited to hear your thoughts on this, this film today. I think you have some strong opinions. Oh, oh yes. Well, we got a lot more to, to come later. Yes, we got a lot to cover today, so let's jump into the recently seen. I have seen a lot, and you have seen nothing. I haven't, correct? I haven't seen shit. Squat. Okay, well, I've seen some good stuff, and I've seen some bad stuff, and I've seen really, really bad stuff. What would you like to hear about first? Um, let's start with the really, really bad stuff. Okay, that would be Kickboxer Vengeance. <laughs> oh no, the the Van Damme. Remake, oh, somewhat, right? My, yeah, reboot. A reboot, I should this say. This thing was awful. Is this Van Damme's uh, attempt at a Rocky Balboa for um, the kick, kickboxing uh, I don't, series or whatever you want to call it? Yeah, if perhaps they uh, they dubbed his voice the entire movie. It was, it was awful. <laughs> Imagine was, that. It had a pretty good cast. Uh, Dave Batista played Tom Poe, which was pretty interesting. And uh, I mean, it was cool to have Van Damme play the mentor character. It's kind of like when I heard this movie was coming out, it sounded pretty good. I'm well, like, I saw the trailer for it, yeah. and I was like, oh, that looks promising, but of course. Well, it's, yeah, because it's like Kickboxer's not one of my favorite Van Damme films, so I'm kind of like, yeah, you can do remake, I don't really care. Is that the one where the uh, his nemesis in the movie would run up to him with his arms up? Yeah. Okay, all right. That was the uh, the one where his brother is the kickboxing And he dies? he dies? Okay. Well, I don't think he dies. No, he doesn't die, I'm sorry. He gets crippled. Paralyzed. Okay. Yeah. That's right. And yeah. And this one he dies. I'm sorry I spoiled it. Oh, no. It's well, really just about to yeah. rent it. Come on. Uh, I, would, I would advise against it. No, the the guy who plays Van, the Van Damme film character is, is awful. He has no charisma at all. There, there was nothing in the trailer. Yeah. This guy was a piece of shit. I was slightly you. confused in the movie at times. I'm like, I shouldn't be confused in this movie. And it, it's yeah. sad when a kickboxer movie confuses you. Yeah, and really, like, I wasn't kidding. They dub, like, 75% of his lines, and it's not even close. I laugh at, like, the Steven Seagal movies, and I'm like, oh, these Van Damme's movies, he doesn't phone it in. Well, right. this one was phoned in. It's phoned in. Oh, that And is worse nice. than that, they're make, they've already made a sequel to no. this. No, no. Yeah, Van Damme and the, the same guy, and Mike Tyson's in it. So, Awesome. Yeah, so well, I'll definitely wait. not check that out. <laughs> Hopefully they dub Mike Tyson's voice with, like, a white guy's voice. Or That'd something. be fantastic, yeah. wouldn't it? <laughs> or maybe they'll get a Japanese guy to voice Mike Tyson. Maybe they can get Ron Silver. Uh, hey, Ron Silver. Unfortunately, he's not with us any longer. Well, oh, that's that's too bad. Yes, this this episode is in memory of Ron Silver. We'll be discussing him later in a Silent Rage. Um, what else have I seen? I saw Hard Target Two, another Van Damme remake. Okay, remake. I lied. I did see that one. Yes. Well, I most thought, of it. I still have to watch the last thirty minutes. So go ahead and spoil it for me. I please. thought this movie sucked. Um, it didn't suck as bad as Kickboxer Vengeance because you know they had a good eat lead in it. I liked uh, I like Scott Adkins. He's really good. He's entertaining. He's he's one of those guys I think would have been a bigger star in the eighties because yeah. he's got pretty much everything you need. It's just there isn't really a market for it right now. Right. You right. Know? There's, they're not really bringing up new action stars. He and, was one of the bad guys in yeah. Expandables too. He was right? Van Damme's uh, henchman. Okay. Yeah. He's the one that gets his head taken off in the helicopter yeah. plane, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I like him, and I, but just. It, it's it's funny because you know we wrote that screenplay that was break run that was just like <laughs> break basic, run yeah just you know most dangerous game ripoff yeah very yeah. easy to do present very, day most dangerous game but I laughed at some of the characters yeah, in this movie it, well it's very easy to be entertaining I don't need no. much and it's like no. I know it's going to be the same movie every time but right. this wasn't entertaining but it's it's the premise that intrigues you every time it's yeah just like, the telling of it they always have to go to a, either an island yeah or they use homeless people you need it good you need good villains strong villains right. and you know kind of 
jokey one-liners, and that's all you need. And like, go ahead and spoil it for me. Does the wannabe Lance Henriksen character get it at the end? Yes, everybody. Yeah, of course. Okay. I love that fake slow mo sequence when that explosion goes off, and he's like, Whoa! "I think that yeah." And I think he ends up staying there and be doing his karate MMA stuff, and just oh. it was just awful. Yeah. Wow. So I would definitely say avoid hard target too as well. I'm sure most people will. To be I didn't with. understand the setup of the movie where they were getting into that fight. Like, did they really hate each other or not? Or was it all a show? The MMA thing? No, at the beginning, when, it's, when he actually kills his friend. Oh, yeah, yeah. And at the beginning, that was all the show. No, it was a real fight. Okay. I'll it's, see you in the ring, motherfucker. And then it's just, like, I want to buy a beach house. Yeah, it was confusing. Like, because what? it's like, there's, I guess, they seem like they're, they're pissed off right. at each other, but they're actually friends. They're just adversaries in that match. Okay, that, so, was, that was interesting. We're spending way too much time on I know, this piece it's, of shit. It's, a, it's a lovely movie. It's on Netflix, I'd avoid. Go rent Hard Target or Surviving the Game or the, the 20 million other ones right. they have. Like, that I, that like I said, I didn't finish. I still have 30 minutes to go, and I don't think I'll ever go back and Yeah, I, I wouldn't bother. Um, I've also saw Hell or High Water. You heard of that one? No. Jeff Bridges? Really good movie. Okay. So Is this theater. that kind of Western? Yeah, it's like about a couple of brothers who are bank robbers, and Jeff Bridges plays uh, kind of like a Texas Ranger. Okay, character. all right. It's really cool. good, really good movie. This one I would recommend is the best one. Is it somewhat like you No know, Country for Old Men in a way? Um, a little bit. A little bit? Yeah. Okay. It, it, yeah, I mean, I liked it better than that. Okay. And I mean, I, I liked No Country for Old Men, but yeah. you admit the ending was awful. Yeah, it was. It was. This was really good. Jeff Bridges has kind of gotten into that old curmudgeonly role in pretty okay. much everything now. Nice, very He was well. really good in this. I liked it. So it's definitely one to check out. Yeah, he's a good actor. Look, I'll spend the least amount of time on the good movie on here. No, that that's definitely one to see. And the other one I saw was the new Blair Witch movie. Oh yes. You know, you want me to review that one? It's like I liked it. It it's ends kind of, exactly the same way as the Blair Witch Project, doesn't it? Um, I can't. They, I don't, they, they, they I don't want to spoil the that because people. Oh, there's people, nothing to spoil. People, on the movie. people, you know what you're getting from these movies. I I heard a rumor that somehow. They really die in the movie? No, that the, the witch somehow is um, possessing people to lure them back into the woods. Is that part well, of the angle in the movie in a way? I, not that I was familiar with. That, that like, some other, is it the brother that's related to the girl that it's goes a, missing? It's the brother of the girl from the original movie. And he's a tour guide that takes him out? Um, kind of like, an, he's a guy who does like internet videos okay. and stuff like that. All right. I enjoyed it. I mean, it's like I didn't go into expecting too much, and it's like, I don't really care too much for the found footage movies that have kind of been so played out over the yeah. years. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, this is, the, you know, really the second, I know the second Blair Witch Project. The Book was, of Shadows? was awful. Oh, fuck. That so was you can't, you don't really, they don't really count that one. That and one. this one, you you actually see the Blair Witch, right? You get a glimpse of her? Uh, yeah. Okay. Very, very quickly. So. Creepy looking or not? I thought so. Yeah? Okay. A lot of people are pissed because you see it because they didn't want to see it. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to see the witch, you know. The, the best part of the original movie was, I mean, I love the whole take on the whole Hitchcock. You know, let your imagination run wild and scare the well, shit out of you. That whole thing was sold on the that premise cool. that people thought it was real. Yes, it was. And then when they didn't. They, nobody really knew. And like, hey, it worked for me. Yeah. I was one of the fools. I went to the theater because they had all these like mock, what mockumentaries kind of set up, right? Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. The the missing kids, the three missing kids in they the woods. Yeah, you was, get to the yeah. movie and it's like the movie ends and it's silent. Even though credits are rolling, I should have known. Like, duh, if this was actual lost footage, you would not have credits. They should have done. Movie ends, and you basically just have the three kids' pictures missing with the phone number. And then when you call the phone number, it's like, ha ha, motherfucker, <laughs> oh, motherfucker, this is fake. Well, yeah, the biggest, thank you for your money. The biggest problem I ever had from any found footage movie is the premise is totally whack because, like, you think once shit starts going down, yeah, why the fuck are you still filming? 
Right. It's always like, oh my god, I'm running, I'm running, but I'm carrying this bulky, stupid camera and all but that. But so, don't they have GoPros now? Yeah. So it's a little more believable. At least it's attached yeah. to you. That's but. what I kind of liked about this movie is they used more, you know, impressive technology. Mm-hmm. They even had like a drone and stuff like that. You know. It's, That's cool. Yeah. I like that. It's it's creepy because it kind of you you know where the movie's going for. The oh movie. yeah, exactly. I don't think I would there's, actually go see it myself. There's a tiny twist at the end, which kind of. But I, I won't spoil. Do they that. open it up for a sequel? They can make as many of those as uh, they yeah. want. And people will still go and see No, because this movie bombed. They're not going to make any more of them. How much did it make opening weekend? It didn't do that I well. I think it did terrible. I think it made like $8 million That's because uh, Tom Hanks Sully. Everybody's going to see that. I yeah. still haven't seen that. I thought this was funny, though, because this, this movie was released with this weird, like, it came out like only a couple months ago that it was coming out. They, they filmed it in secret. Oh, really? They, under a different name. And then I think at the, the, I thought it was like the summer. Yeah, Comic-Con. it was called The Woods. They just, yeah, they just released it. Oh, it's Blair Witch. And like, it came out of nowhere. Interesting. It was a different tactic and apparently it failed because yeah, nobody wanted to see it. Yeah, that's great. They should have built up a little more buzz on it. So would I recommend it? I would if you wanted, you know, if you like those kind of movies. I thought I, it was well Going done. by myself, probably not. But I have pussy, a 14-year-old no, mm-hmm. daughter. So with her and her friends, I think I'd get more enjoyment watching those guys get scared out of their yeah. minds, you know. For me, I'd be like, "Oh my god, this is probably fucking stupid," but whatever. I thought it was effective. I, I, I liked, you know, I, I like the director Adam Wingard directing. You probably don't know who he is. What has he directed? Directed your next. Your next. Okay, really that's liked. where they wore all the animal. Yes. Masks. Okay. He also directed the guest, which I'm not sure you've heard. That's one of my favorite movies the of guest. the last ten years. That one's on Netflix. Go watch that one. Okay, the guest. That one okay. is awesome. I will check that out. I love that movie, but yeah, it was it was it was fun. I mean, I had a good time with it. I will go and check it out. And yeah. everyone listening, go check it out. Maybe. Oh, check out the guests. <laughs> don't don't you don't have to rush you out go, the Blair Witch. Go rush out, see the Blair Witch, and then come yeah. back and watch, watch the Hard guests. Target it's free too. on Netflix. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I assume Blair Witch will probably be on video very quickly, and you can definitely wait for that. But yeah, if you want to, it, it's scary enough. If you want to go see it in the theater, it's not a waste of money. Now, Kickboxer Vengeance—that's a waste of money. <laughs> I'll I'll get to it. <laughs> okay. One of these days. Uh, I wouldn't. Stay far away. <laughs> Should we jump into the hot, the uh, top five? The top five worst sequels? Yes, ever? worst sequels. Well, for us anyway. Yeah, I mean, you'll probably have some of those. I'll say, oh shit, that could have been the list too for Mike. Because you know, oh, it's yeah. subjective. Yeah. And there's, there's... And before we even start this, everybody on the planet knows the Exorcist to the Heretic is the worst movie for a sequel ever made. Yeah, you know, I've never, I've never seen that completely through, so I can't really put it on the list. Who directed that? I should know this. Uh, it's um. Is that Paul Schrader? Paul Schrader did Was it Paul Schrader? I don't think I so. I could be wrong. I'm, I've never seen it, so. God. I've seen parts of it. I saw the James Earl Jones stuff, and I was like, wow, this is awful. Yeah, it's... God, I should remember who the hell directed that movie. So you always ask questions like that well, in the air and then make us look dumb, Joe, and then people say, well, get these guys... Don't these guys don't know about. shit. Well, you because the movie sucks so bad, you don't remember who actually yeah. directed it, but it's somewhat... We're going to look it up, because we I have to find out. Yeah. It's not... Is that, is that on your list, or is that just... Is this no, it's not. I just want to say, we all know that's the worst sequel ever. It didn't make really? our list, because we're just telling you our shitty sequels. Yeah. I mean, there's way more worse sequels than there are good ones, so... For the most John time. Borman? Was it? I don't... I, I, it might be. I'm looking. And I'm sorry to all of our fan base out there. Well, you better keep talking, because I'm looking, so. Look it up. Look it up. Speaking of scary shit from The Exorcist... That scene with the nurse from Exorcist 3 scares the shit out of me every time I see it. Every time it just pops up out of the blue. Yeah, that that scene is scary as shit. Was the original actor um, that played um, Father Karras, was he in that movie? 
Exorcist. It's been so long since I've seen that. Because um, George, George C. George Scott, Scott's in it. I'm he plays sure. the same detective that was in the original, right? Again, you're the killing character. the show. We're looking like idiots here. Well, it's, it's not because it's, I haven't seen it for so many years. Yeah, but, you know, we're movie experts. We know everything. I, I guess. <laughs> okay, I'm looking it up right now. Exorcist Two, The Heretic. Directed by... Yeah, it was John Borman. It was John Borman. Oh, see? Ah. Oh, I don't know why I had Paul Schrader. First user review on this movie. The worst sequel ever. <laughs> the worst sequel ever. Did you write that review there, Joe? No, I did not. Okay, well, let's, let's get into our real list here. Okay. Uh, let's we'll start with your number five. Okay, since I picked the list. What is your number five? Jaws the Revenge. No! Yes. It's a classic. Not a, how is it a classic? Okay. Now, some of these movies I put on my list are, I can still enjoy them. They're, they're so bad I enjoy them. Oh, yeah. And this would be one of those. Oh, of course. But Michael Caine phoned it in and just, wow. Yeah. Let's get out of here, Ellen Brody. It's tough because we just did Jaws 3 and Jaws 4. They're, they're both so bad. Uh, terrible. Yeah. Jaws, Jaws 4 is on the level of like Superman quest. The Quest for Peace. Or You're whatever. spoiling my list. Sorry. But, <laughs> oh my God! It is. It's right up there. It's it's awful. I remember going to the movie theater for that one as well, and my dad's just like, "Really?" Yeah, I, I was just, just a kid at the time, and even I was seen through the premise. I'm like, "Wait a minute! Why does a shark want revenge? Sharks don't go for revenge." Exactly. It's it's stupid. And then it swims all the way from Amity Island to yeah. the Bahamas. It's like, come the fuck on, really? Yeah. And they couldn't they couldn't get. To, Roy Scheider back, so it's basically like they have to show his picture as many oh, times yeah, as they can. Oh, yeah, as many times. Smile, you <laughs> son of a... And then she rams the boat tip into a shark, which two versions. One, it just goes through them, and the tip of the boat uh, basically breaks off, sinks in the ocean, kills the shark. <laughs> the other one, the, like the director's cut, yeah. that it landed on MCA home video back in the day, VHS, yeah. the fucking shark gets hit with that um, tip of the boat and explodes. I'm like, What? What? Exploding and, sharks. And then awesome. Mario Van Peoples comes back. I'm like, ah, oh, Yeah, because he, like, died. He, he died in one of them and lived in the other one. It's, it's dumb. And you can tell that they filmed that last sequence, like, the they did reshoots for this. Because yeah. they filmed it on the back lot of Universal in that shitty blue, like, pool that they have. Because <laughs> you can clearly see the waves smacking up against the wall. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. And Michael Caine is just sitting there going, this bought a beach house. It did. Fantastic. Yeah, there was an interview with Michael Caine about that. It's like they were kind of trying to make fun of him for being in that movie. It's like, you know, what do you do? You remember anything of that horrible movie? It's like, yeah, I remember the beach house it, it bought for me. Yeah, the, I, the, that's the quite lovely. lovely. He is probably the only good thing in that movie. Um, Mario Van Peebles, I don't know, your comedic relief. I, I love that Lorraine Gary wouldn't do Jaws 3D, but she was able to do Jaws 3 Revenge. Because it, this time it's personal. What a stupid tagline. This time it's personal. I remember seeing the trailer in a movie theater and it was like man's greatest fear will rise again and then this gigantic shark jumps out and jaws Another the revenge sequel. this time it's personal like what does that mean and then you see the movie you're like oh my god this is terrible they knew it knew that um, it was uh, the one of the Brodies was going to be out on the ocean that night you know it was a personal insult to all you, of us. You need to remove that log so the other fishermen could come back in. I would have said, kiss my ass, I'll do it in the morning. See ya. It would have floated away. Stuck on a buoy. Stupid movie. Yep, I agree. What's your number five, Joe? My number five is The Godfather Part Three. Oh, good choice. You know, Francis Ford Coppola, he's fantastic. He's a phenomenal director. The, the Conversation, The Godfather 1 and 2, arguably the best sequel ever made, Godfather Part Two, um, along with with uh, The Empire Strikes Back. But, oh boy. I, I mean, it, it's like, you couldn't come up with something better. 
for a story arc for The Godfather Part 3. It's boring as shit. Oh, it's very boring, but it's like, okay, you took this man who was innocent and then became the biggest crime lord, you know, mafia, king of the world. You know, he was like the all-time badass cool cat. And then you turn him into a diabetic pussy in this movie. Ah, I don't want you to fight. No fighting. He was also Scarface, too. So. Scarface, fantastic. You know, but this one here is just like, ah, now, now you have regrets for everything you did in your life. Yeah, the, the biggest problem with that the movie daughter? is... Oh. Well, I was going to say, biggest problem, you got you right up. The biggest problem was when Winona Ryder was supposed to be in the movie and she backed out. I wish and, she was in it. And who did they fill the role with? His daughter. His, his daughter. Who's actually a pretty good director now. She is. But she's, she's a, a terrible she, actress. Terrible actress, but oh my God, there's that one sequence when... They're having like a father-daughter breakfast. She's like, hey, Dad, why am I doing this? Why are you doing this? Why are you in this movie? <laughs> Get out of this that movie. movie. That's what El Pacino should have just slapped her in the face. Why are you in this movie? Yeah, it was kind of like... Should have been Winona Ryder. It was like uh, when the box set came out on Blu-ray. I was like, sweet, can I pay five bucks less and not get the And not get the Godfather. It like ruins three. the box set to it see does. like an extra movie. In it there. does. It's, like, it's... I mean, there's certain parts of that movie that I enjoy, you know. Some sequences. I, I do like the ending when the you know daughter gets it because it's like okay, I wish you got it you, at the beginning. That would have been great. Um, Andy Garcia, cool, whatever. But it just it goes on and on and not on. to segue, but Andy Garcia is one of those guys. I'm surprised he never made it bigger than he did. Yeah, he just he. I mean, he's had a really good career and he's still around. Right. Yeah, but and he's just, just never like, gone further huh. than kind of like you know. I don't know. He's just more. He's not really a character actor. He's not that level. He's but, yeah. Was it Bridget Fonda was in that as well? Is that right? The girl that was in the I, no point of no return? Yes, I believe so. He, I, I love that. I mean, that sequence is awesome when, you know, the two um, burglars come in and then they're trying to roughhouse him and all that shit. And he's like, hey, hey, I don't want you to do anything. Just watch this. And shoots that guy through the mouth. I'm like, okay, that's cool because that's Godfather material. But then you, you get into... Um, Fuck, what's that other actor's name? Joe Montania or whatever? Joe Montania? Yeah, oh my God. He was a terrible villain in that film. Yeah, it's just horrible. It's just a disappointing Joey, movie. Joey Zazo, I think his name was. Joey Zazo gonna fuck with me? Joey Zazo? I haven't seen the movie in years because it's basically like it's one and two and I don't really care about it. Yeah, that. exactly. It's 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 up there as yeah one of the worst the, sequels. The good news is That's it's, it's, it's part list, three. But. It sucks, but you can just... Watch one and two and just leave it at that. Yeah, well, I mean, it, the Godfather um, saga literally ends when Michael Corleone is just sitting in his backyard yeah. in part two. And the leaves are blown. That's it. Done. After he killed Fredo in part two, that's all he really needed to do. Yeah. It's kind of come full circle at yeah. that point. It's like he didn't need anymore. No, no more. And, and, and then when, they, when you see him go out and he has a heart attack or stroke or whatever, when he's sitting out in some vineyard somewhere, falls off his chair and the dog's there and I'm like, ah, oh, it's garbage Corleone doesn't go out like that but apparently he did so yeah the series goes out like that other than that though I mean at least he did pull Winona Ryder in for Bram Stoker's Dracula so hats off for that one but woo Godfather Part 3 Keanu Reeves was supposed to be in Part 3 as well wasn't he I don't remember or not or no or is that there's some talk about no I'm not sure I'm thinking maybe there was like rumors that Godfather Part 4 would come out maybe Leonardo DiCaprio was going to come to the series I don't know Let it go. In the words of Harvey Keitel, piss on that turd. (laughs) Piss on the turd, flush it. Done. Move it on. All right. Number four for me is Batman and Robin. Oh, yes. 
Yes, what indeed. a classic right there. Wow. What you, Nothing oh. like, a, you know, tons of badass, bad cocks, <laughs> bad titties. Bad nipples. Good shit. Yeah, I, I love that they interviewed Clooney about that. He's like, I got to kill Batman. It's like he kind of did for like, you know. You did. I thought it was over after that. After you saw that movie, I'm like, Batman it's, is no more. It's amazing that Christopher Nolan was able to bring that back to prominence. Oh, and he, and he did. Yeah. That's all, until he did The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> well, okay. But Batman and Robin is just a complete pile of shit. Oh, it is. It's like it's, way it's too terrible. much. It's like, you know, let's just throw everything that was in Batman forever yeah. and like double it. Yes. Poison and, Ivy. Oh, it's let's just get more lame villains. Let's get Schwarzenegger in there. Just... Schwarzenegger was already in the downward trajectory at that point. It was, but it was just, jeez, oh, just the production value of that movie. It's so campy. The sets, yeah, everything. When their people are getting frozen, it's like literally, it's like okay, it's literally clear plastic. It's like he wanted to make like the '60s Batman TV show, but like really lame. And it's like yeah, yeah. a lot of people think that the Batman TV show is lame, but it it was a product of its time. Right, right. And it's like this, this was not. Yeah, no, no, just awful. I mean, the you know, Robin and Batman are fighting over uh, Poison Ivy. She likes me more than you. Oh, it was so oh, just awful. A lot of a lot of great lines in that movie, though. Great, yeah. Every every Schwarzenegger pun imaginable. Everybody freeze. Everybody chill. Chill and freeze. Just awful. Just awful. Take two of these and call me in the morning. I, I don't think there's much else to say about Batman and Robin. Everybody knows how much it sucks. So what's your number? It's four? a turd. It's a turd. And here's another turd. The one that I try to flush, it keeps popping up. A Good Day to Die Hard. <laughs> I was so excited about seeing this movie. I can't believe it made the list for you. You, you, oh. you love Die Hard. You, I do love Die Hard, but like I said, I will always sneak in a Bruce Willis into one of our shows and, and with A Good Day to Die Hard. Well, I, f- I find it funny because like we went to see that at that... like the, We did the, the marathon. Time. We did the marathon. Never and again. And we both left and we're like, that movie was awful. Oh, and then like I'm like Joe, you're still gonna buy it or see it again. It's like I am not. And you went to see it the next day again. Okay, it was it's a, like well, I feel plus like our screen were... presentation was off. Yeah, because it was it's basically you... filmed for more of like the larger format theaters, yeah. like IMAX screens and such. But so the first couple minutes were a little off, and Joe's like, "Well, it might have been good." I'm like, Joe, the no, rest it, of it, it sucked. It sucked. No, and, and it did suck because I even saw it again on the IMAX screen. And it was just pure. It's funny because you texted me and said, yeah, I'm going to see it again. I was laughing. And I said, I just kind of picture you sitting there like a tear coming out of your eye. It's like, it really does suck. Well, I was was hoping that you would somehow get some type of bond between him and his son. And they set off on somewhat of an adventure, kind of like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I thought they were going to do some kind of cool chemistry there. They did not. You were wrong. Yeah, way, way wrong. Um, Yeah, his his son is now working for the CIA. he refers to him as the James Bond of New Jersey. I'm like, it, it just keeps getting better and better. Yeah, and, and they're like threatening to make another one now, and I'm like, just, just. Uh. Yeah, and they're going to label that one Die Hard Year One, a prequel to the original Die Hard. We we don't need to see Bruce Willis before he became John McClane. You know what I'm saying? Nobody oh, cares about that story. No, I'd like to see him play like in a prequel because they'd have to wear the worst wig in history. <laughs> well, no, they're going to do it where it's present day. And then it's going to cut back to the past. Oh, is he going to sit around a campfire and tell his grandkids? <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Listen here. Remember back in my day, kids, when, when I was trapped in that building? Uh, I don't know. It's just... What sucks about Die Hard, it's, you know, Die Hard with a Vengeance was the last time they could have somehow... They, they could have got it right, you know, for the most part, where you could have trapped him on that island. In a way... I wish that they would have done the Dark Knight Rises where they destroyed all the bridges and now you're literally trapped on the island. There's a bomb on there and everybody's going to die. 
yeah. unless you stop them. That would have been cool because that becomes your Nakatomi Plaza. That becomes your Dallas International Airport. You're trapped. But then you get into live free or die hard, and now he's just on your boat. And you can go anywhere. It's like there's, you're not trapped anywhere. You need that excitement in the film. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that one I thought wasn't very good, but compared to, you know... Well, no, it's still a, a way better movie than this pile of shit. Yeah. Um, and the, the director of this did Behind Enemy Lines, and that was, that was a, a decent action movie. Gene Hackman was in it. Um, I miss Gene Hackman. I do, too. I do, too. But, yeah. He's not even dead. So, yeah, if, if you haven't seen this one already, don't. Yeah, it's awful. It's, it's a pile of okay, shit. Okay, well... My number three is, is another uh, another wonderful sequel. It's sorry before you go on. I, I have to okay. I have to yell at that line when Bruce Willis is walking out of the pool with his son. I think I and forgot. And, and they literally dubbed over him. He's like, "You should respect your father. I'm your father. Why do you talk to me?" Blah blah blah. But it's not Van Damme. You should respect your father. <laughs> sorry. No, no that's that, fucking that, that's okay. My number three is the immortal Superman four: The Quest for Peace. Yes. Do now, not stop! I will start hurting th- people. This is where we get into the, like the area where it's like this movie is so awful, but I can watch it and enjoy it because it's so bad. I love the outtake sequence. Oh my god! Yeah, if if you've Ooh. seen Superman four, go like on YouTube and look up Superman four deleted scenes. Oh, it is one of the best because fight the bad guy is like Nuclear ever. Man, and it's like they have like an earlier version of Nuclear Man, and they play this like circus music, and it's it's I, I can't even describe it. You it have looked to watch like Jay Leno and Drake. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. He was, Superman, I'm right here. It was like Jay Leno playing uh, Dynamo from The Running Man. Yeah, for the most part. For the most part. It was bad. Yeah. Superman 4 is, wow. It's basically, it was it was canon, my favorite. Golden Galabas yeah, took that, took that over. And originally it was supposed to have like a like a $30 million budget. And like right before it started filming. Yeah. No, $10 million 10 budget. $10 million. He, his suit looked like shit. Well, as he watched Everything. the movie, it's like... It's he, they show the same flying scene over and over, over and again. over. Yeah, yeah. And what sucks is what it, what happened to Christopher Reeves. I mean, it's a tragic story. It yeah. just sucks that that's like one of the last movies that he actually performed for the most part. Well, he, no, he did. He acted for another. Well, no, like Superman wise. Oh, Superman. You know, I well, mean, was, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's just like it's just. Well, oh, if you Superman if you only three wasn't known. good either. So. Oh, Superman three. Terrible. Richard Pryor, boy. Yeah, it's funny because I put Superman 4 in here, but I could watch Superman 4 before I could watch Superman 3. Yeah, oh, I agree. But Superman 4 is the worst movie. It's entertaining because you can laugh. Yeah. John Cryer, right? Gene, I can't believe Gene Hackman even came back for this fucking movie. I remember when, like, even when this movie came out, like, everybody was, tra- all the actors were trashing it. Yeah. Because I saw John Cryer when it was coming out. It was out on one of the talk shows, right? Then David Letterman. And, yeah. and, like, this is the same time he had another movie coming out called, like, Hiding Out. Do you remember that Yes, one? Hiding Out, yeah. It's like, so you've got two movies coming out. Can you tell us about Hiding Out? Yeah, it's much better than Superman 4. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> the director's at home crying. <laughs> and, I, and John Cryer said he also called up Christopher Reeve, like, a month before it was coming out, like, asked him how the movie, because Christopher Reeve was involved, like... I think he wrote the screenplay oh, for this. Oh, like he asked him how the movie's going. I was like it's awful. <laughs> it's awful. It's coming together like shit. Well, Christopher Reeve did this movie so he could do another movie. Like it was called Street Smart. Street Smart. Okay. Which actually Morgan Freeman won an Academy Award for. Is that right? Yeah, that was like his first. Big so he movie. basically used this for money to get that one up and running. What's well, one of those things part? where it's like. I want to make this small movie that sure. I'm really interested yeah. in. And it's like, well, you got to make this shit first. Right. There, the same thing happened with uh, Emilio Estevez. He directed a movie, I don't know, some kind of Vietnam War movie. So he had like, to do Free Jack to do that? No, he had to do... Uh, no. 
Free Jack's awesome. What you, we're, we're doing that movie on the show. We will. We will do it. Um, no, he had to do like an, another Mighty, du- Mighty Ducks. Oh, okay. It's like, I didn't really want to do it, but it's like, if you let me make my little small movie, you know. Mighty Ducks 3. I don't want to be I, in it. I kind of respect that. Like, you know, they they want to get a small sure, movie. Sure, sometimes, yeah. So. yeah. Sometimes you have to get down on your knees. But boy, <laughs> Christopher Reeve is stuck with Superman 4. Ah, uh, yeah. It's, it's a bad movie. I remember, again, we saw that in the movie theater, and cheesy intro they tried to rip off the original superman didn't you see that is this credits. this is the deal where you saw that instead of Ro- robocop correct i think so and i always laugh at you about that you I didn't see so. robocop in the theaters one of my favorite movies and, you saw and, the Quest and that's for weird Peace. because so many times like even if our parents didn't take us to the movies because a lot of times they would just drop us off and then they would go run their errands right um so sometimes we were able to see really cool movies like nightmare on elm street 3 the dream warriors or rocky 4 Hell yes. um a platoon dream, was dream great. Warriors we literally, awesome. they oh that was uh, that was awesome. That what it was still, great is it still stands up too. Oh, it does. It's such a, it's such a fun movie. We were going yeah. to a private Catholic school at the time, and across the parking lot was a uh, was a mall that had a movie theater in it. So right after school, my mom I believe was the art teacher at the school at the time. So she would always have to stay late for extracurricular activity, whatever they were doing. Um, so we would just sneak over and watch a movie. That's I awesome. remember the Dream Warriors was there. I'm like, oh, this is great. So I swear to God, in one week I saw it three times. Don't you wish, like, for one day of your life you could go back in time? Yeah. And just, like, go to that theater and see one of those movies yeah. again? Like, when you were a kid. Oh, like, that'd be awesome. Like, where I, uh, my, my dad's from, there's a small town there, and a theater there, and it's, like, at, at the mall. And it's, like, I have so many fond memories right. of seeing movies there. And went back there last year. It's been a really terrible mall now. Okay. The, the theater's not even the same, and it's like right. you just always picture it to be the same. Right. And it's like when you go there, it's like shit. It's yeah, not it's like, like that it, anymore. It, it, they change it. There was a great place yeah. in Milwaukee called the Majestic, and it literally had the stars on the ceiling in the actual theater. Um, we saw Soul Man there. <laughs> Remember Soul Man? I can't believe Soul Man made the theater. Soul Man. That was, but that was like the a... budget. So after the movie, you know, had its run. That's where you would do the, like the two dollar movie. I what think it, back then it was probably fifty cents or a dollar. One of the most offensively racist yeah. movies of all time. Some watermelon, bitch. <laughs> what a great line. But no, that that, that was that was great. When the, you know, just you were able to see those kind of campy movies. I remember we went to, with the babysitter. We were gonna go see. Um, God, I I don't even know what we we're gonna see, but it wasn't a rated R movie. I'll tell you that. Maybe it was Masters of the Universe. I can't remember to tell you the truth. Yeah. But that movie somehow was sold out. So then they're like, well, we're going to go see Robert De Niro's The Mission. And we're like, I don't want to see that. So we snuck in and saw Platoon. And that was phenomenal. Nice. That was great. I'm so glad I had that experience because we were able to see the so original. you were like, what, like 12? Yeah, we were young. Yeah, wow. That was literally my first radar that's, movie that's experience. A tough, in that's a, a tough movie, movie to handle. Oh, it was great. It was great. That's that was an awesome movie. experience. Wow. And the best part of that was that we were able to see the uh, original Lethal Weapon trailer before a platoon started yes if these two guys yeah. could just handle each other the bad guys awesome won't stand a chance i love it well okay so we got way off our tangent there which we're doing like crazy today but that's okay that was What's, your number four right number superman three? four the superman three over oh, on three already superman okay. four is my number three but superman three could also be my number four number three we're, so we're gonna on, stick with superman four. all right so now we're on three i just did three you're number three okay number three it's the matrix sequels yeah i can see that Especially The Matrix Reloaded, because The Matrix was such an awesome, out of water, out of, you know, out of the box kind of idea. It, it was cool. They've, they've kind of done these movies before with, like, Johnny Mnemonic, what have you. You know what I'm just saying? They had to have tried before. Well, no, they, they played around with that kind of concept that, it's you know. It's Jesus time. <laughs> God, we have to watch that again. 
But I watched a bit of it the other other week on cable. Like this movie's so awful. The the Matrix was awesome at the time. It does not hold up well. It does not age like one. You go back now and watch the special effects, and it looks really generic. Really. So go back and revisit while. it because that came out in 1999. Yeah. That was the summer of Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom blew Menace. My mind oh, it was it was epic. It was so cool. It was never done before. Uh, you know, the different camera angles that they did, the slow motion, the camera spinning around the actor. It was phenomenal. And that sequel could have been so huge. That trilogy could have been a, the new Star Wars, yeah. right? And they went ahead and fucked it all well, up. Well, I remember seeing that, and it's like, it was so disappointing to me. I was kind of like, I knew the next one was coming. I was like, do I have to go see that? And yeah. It's like, I kind of went to see it because, well, you have to see what happens at the end. Right. It's like, and it the, was the, so awful. They had the teaser trailer for, was it um, Revolution? Revolutions or whatever? Yeah, I forgot. At the uh, end of Reloaded. Oh, yeah, it was terrible. Ter- Reloaded, like, yeah. It, be, it became almost like uh, a god figure in a way. Yeah. It became like its own religion. But they're having like that orgy dance sequence. I'm like, what the fuck is it? And I started hating it because... Why do you have rules now in this new alternative real world? That's why you escaped the Matrix, because of all the rules. Yeah, well, mine... You know what I'm saying? My number two is probably going to be very similar to this, because, yeah, it kind of changed a little bit of what the first one was about. It's like, But, I mean, the Matrix, to me, isn't just like, you know, it can stand on its own, and you can forget the sequels, and that's how I've done it. Right, I mean, you can still watch the original. It's still good. It's just the special effects don't age that well. Yeah. That's all I'm getting. It's still a great film. But I remember we were sitting in Star Wars Episode Two: The Attack of the Clones, and the trailer for Reloaded came on screen. It just started with those green letters falling down, and the fucking audience went nuts. Yeah, I mean, erupted, clapped. I'm like, you you don't you don't get that too often. No, you know, in movies, and you get the chills. You're like, holy shit, people yeah. are excited to go to the movies again. And then and then it came out, and you're like, Ugh. they didn't didn't do the cheering what at the end. Happened. That's for sure. Oh my god, in the CGI in that movie when you know Neo's fighting. 10,000 Mr. Smiths or whatever the hell that character's name was. Ah, I'm, the, I'm like, why, 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 is he, why is he rubber CGI? What are well, you doing? And he's flying around like Superman? The, he's doing a Superman thing again? I will say I was against the Matrix series to begin with because it wasn't the story of John Matrix <laughs> from Commando. I was Same producer, the, though, Joel Silver. I was hoping for the continuing adventures of John Matrix. <laughs> that would have been great if he showed it up. It would have been. Can you see Arnold working in the office? Like, yeah, anyway, you know? Yeah, he could have been one of the characters, you know? And then they can kidnap him. What the do? What the fuck did it do? <laughs> so people complain about Joe's Arnold impersonation. Mine was way worse. So. Neo, did you take the green pill? <laughs> Why? They're fooling you. They have taxes, goddammit. <laughs> Play a mobile strike. All right. Uh, I would agree with that. My, my number two is Highlander 2. The, the quickening. quickening. I, I didn't get that because in the original Highlander... I don't get anything with that movie. The Quickening. And wasn't it like set in the future, the past, present, what have you? I have seen that movie a couple times because every time I try to... I'm like, oh, I'll give it another chance. And they, they release these director's cut. It's god awful. And it's the same like, director as the first one, yes, right? Yes, and they like change so much from the first one and what's going on. And it's like they're from outer space now. And it's like, dude, it was fine when they were just like, you know, Scottish. Yeah. You know, like, you've... Yeah. That's you what know, made the first one so cool. Yeah, I, I, the first one is is a cool movie. It's it, not it's not a great movie. It's not, but it holds up well. It's a cult classic, and it's you know Sean Connery's great. In it. Sean Connery is fantastic. I mean that other than the Last Crusade and Untouchables. Yeah, well, that kind of uh, Highlander kind of brought him back to the. Yeah, you know, he was phenomenal in yeah. that movie, and he was not phenomenal in Highlander Two: The Quickening. 
Highlander, you rang? <laughs> what? God. So Why bad. is he back in that movie? I don't... I, for, I, for, I You forgot how they saved him to bring him back? He comes back. Because he got his like, head lopped off, yeah, so he's officially matter, done. doesn't because they needed the star power. It's John Connery. He's back. Just awful. This is the quickening. And they jump off the <sighs> the cliff. Oh, Lord. The crappening. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie um, in, a, in a long, long time. And you shouldn't. Just watch Highlander. It's I, fine. I'm not. Highlander's Highlander, great. another one you can just watch the first Are they one. still making a remake to the original Highlander? Because I heard there was rumblings that the Mad it's, Max star was going to do that. It's right that. up there with the uh, the Crow reboot they keep threatening to do. Uh, please don't. Well, they're actually doing that now. I remember skipping out of work to see Jason Momoa is doing the, the Crow reboot. The guy no. From, yeah. No. Yeah. Let well, for now, they've had 10, 10 actors that have... Bradley Cooper was supposed to do it last year. Okay, that'd been interesting. That'd been interesting. I still don't want to see it. Yeah. Who's the actor that played Bane in The Dark Knight Rises? Uh, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. He'd make an interesting Highlander, you know? So. I, I just think they should leave it, you know? He, he already re- rebooted one character. Yeah. But if anybody could do it, uh, he could. He could pull it off. It'd yeah, but again, I go to, like, why? What's the point? Just so we can get a, a newly mastered Queen soundtrack. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great soundtrack. I'll oh, the soundtrack was awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, so Highlander 2, stay far away. Stay Even far the away. horrible sequels after that were better, and they're awful. So what'd you have for number two? Number two, I have the Star Wars prequels, but out of all those, I have to pick Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. I love Star Wars. All of them. The prequels have bits and pieces that I enjoy. Um, but the Star Wars episode two, Attack of the Clones, is just a big pile of crap. I mean, you go back and revisit this movie, it has some of the worst CGI I've ever seen in my life. Um, people, I mean, literally, there are no set pieces in this movie. The actors are floating on green screens, because George Lucas was huge into digital, and he had to do everything. Everything has to be green screen. You know, the actors at some point have to been like, "What the fuck am I looking at here? What is this?" Well, yeah, it's kind of been. The oh, it's a gigantic thing. animal that's in it's in an arena, and it's a it's an ant-like creature from like those nineteen fifties horror movies, like Attack of the Giant Spiders. That's, Pretend to think of that. Yeah, that's a fundamental problem with a lot of these movies that are all green screen. It's like, okay, act like this is chasing you. It's like, how do you get a genuine performance out of somebody? No, you can't. It's, you can't. it's easier when you guy like a rubber chicken outfit chasing you around. Yeah. At least you can see that. Everybody you know? shits on episode one, but I enjoy that one the most out of all the prequels just because it still used practical effects. There were still sets. You know, They actually yeah. filmed in a desert, right? Now, they filmed a scene in the desert in Attack of the Clones, but for the most part, I mean, you go back, that movie does not age well at all. I no. mean, you could tell they are fucking sitting in a green screen. Was it cool that we had Jane, uh, Boba Fett's uh, father, Jango Fett? Yeah, it was kind of neat to see Slave One again in action. But it's like, I don't give a fuck. Boba Fett was cool back in the day when you knew nothing about him. I don't need to know that his dad was some fucking smuggler that ran around the galaxy getting in trouble. Have you listen, did you listen to Pat Oswalt's yes. bit on this? No. The prequels? Listen no. to it. You will love it. Because okay. it's basically like that. It basically goes down to like, I don't need to know what these people no. did. I want more of what I liked. And exactly. Giving and that's what J.J. Abrams like, did so well with The Force like, Awakens. It's like, do you like Boba Fett? Yeah, I love him. It's like, love well, here, we're going to start him out as a kid. No. It's like, I don't care. No, you don't need to. It's just like, I swear <laughs> to God, the, the prequel movies could have been so much better if you just had a flashback sequence of Anakin when he was younger, right? Yeah. But you just start that shit as a teenager and actually get an actor that can fucking act. You know, by, by the time you get to Revenge of the Sith, which 
it's like, okay, you get the final confrontation, the final battle between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. I mean, the first time they meet again is episode four. And you're like, oh, something, something serious must have went down in Revenge of the Sith, right? It didn't. <laughs> well, I'm like, why are you even mad? Why are you mad, That's... Anakin? It doesn't make sense. It would have been better if Darth Sidious somehow turned Anakin, you know, possibly Obi-Wan and uh, Padme could have become something. You know, he could have tricked him that way. Like, oh, he's he's messing around behind your back, you know, to just build up the vengeance. But that doesn't happen. And then when he does become Darth Vader, he's the one that chokes out Padme. You know, it's like, you're the one that killed me, you dumb fuck. <laughs> but then when he actually becomes Darth Vader and he's standing there, okay, I'm like, all right, they're going to get something right here in the sequence because they're putting the suit on. I'm like, okay, that's not so bad. Those movies would have been much better if somebody in the movie had said, you're the one that killed her, you dumb fuck. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like, you're an idiot. This is your fault. <laughs> but he's standing there. Right? He comes up all Frankenstein-like and shit. And, and then he finds out, Where's Padme? You killed her. You know, it was G. And he's like, No! Oh, the greatest it would have been ever. better if he used the Force and then he pulled the lightsaber from Darth Sidious. And that's how he acquired his red lightsaber. You know what I mean? Something. Yeah. Other than that well, shitty scream. But good news. I could go on and on and on with this. Well, good news. We can continue a little bit because my number one is episode one. There we go. Look at that. Fantastic. This is, we, didn't, we didn't plan this, people. This just happened. Now... I probably like episode one more than probably two because Attack of the Clones. Yeah, Attack of the Clones with the friggin' the, the romantic scenes. Oh, they, they are the most. They were you think you think the romantic scenes in Silent Rage are bad? When we're talking about no, this. They're like these are the hottest, most erotic scenes in Silent Rage compared to this. Oh, crap. this this shit. He's riding on top of like space pigs or something oh. falls off, and she's like, "Oh my god, Anakin, are you okay?" Ha ha ha! Tickle tickle. I'm a Jedi Knight. I want to stick my lightsaber in you, but we can't. That would have been better. They would have. I wish they would have just they just crushed it right at least, there. At least I would have laughed at well, it. Well, it's something, so. but it's just stupid. Stupid. It, it, it's just nothing. I didn't buy anything in the movie. We did not need to see Yoda with a lightsaber. Sorry to say. Don't. Didn't need it. No. Didn't need it. it was it fun to watch? Yeah, it was fun. I laughed because it was goofy. But was it cool? No. Not at all. And they fucked it all up because... It would have been better if Yoda actually walked normal. Then when he took that bad fall in Revenge of the Sith, yeah. that's why he needs a cane, everybody, because he fucked up his back, right? <laughs> and, hey, I'm sorry, using the cane shit, it didn't work in the prequels. Later on in life, cool. I get it. Because now he becomes like those um, Asian films, right, where the, the wise master with the beard. Yes. Oh, he's a cripple. No, he could kick your ass and chop your head off. I get that. But not in the prequels. You should have been walking around normal. Hey, everybody, I have a green lightsaber. Now I don't because I lost it and I got a hunchback. That's why I have the cane. There's just so many fucking holes, dude. Stupid. Stupid. And you know George Lucas probably sat there in The Force Awakens and probably quivered. His chin quivered. He probably cried. He's like, oh, my God, did I fuck up. Because you could have done something well here. He explained too much. Yeah. Star Wars, you can... Um, a MILF herder. What the fuck's a MILF herder? I don't give a fuck, because it doesn't matter. Nerf it's Star right? A nerf herder? <laughs> but herder. No, we, no, because Han Solo says something in The Force Awakens, some, some milk herder or some shit. He used another one of these stupid terms, and you're like... I, I don't care I was going to say is. MILF herder, I think, is one of those like uh, kind of like dating sites. <laughs> MILF You MILF herder. Blue balls. Cougars.com and MILF Cougar life and milf uh, I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, yeah. We could get into a whole Star Wars discussion. But yeah. but episode one, another movie like The Matrix Reloaded, it was going to be huge. I mean, the anticipation, the trailers were phenomenal. Oh, we, the we did the whole, like, waiting out. We, like, yes. we got outside, we, like, we got on what, the radio. months? 
months in advance. I, I want to say it was at least a month before the movie. Yeah, we out. we had yeah we got there like. This is oh. back in the day before they sold tickets online, yeah. right? So we you have to wait in line. line like for hours. Hours, hours. We met early in the morning. It was huge. The news crews came out. This is the first Star Wars movie since 1983, right? Gigantic yeah. gap. And we actually made the radio. People interviewed us like, hey, give us some memories back in the day. I'm like, oh, I remember back in the day my parents used to take me to see this movie. And now I'm taking my dad to go see episode one. Yeah. It's cool. Remember when it was cool? It's like, this movie isn't going to be like that. I remember going to the midnight showing because that was the ticket that I purchased. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, ah, oh, maybe maybe because it's 1.30 in the morning now, I, I'm not getting into this. Maybe because I'm tired. And then I saw it again the next morning. I'm like, oh, this movie's not that good. <laughs> I'm like, oh no! I mean, Darth Maul is great. He was a badass. And you but... had all those toys and stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah. God, I, I went to the midnight toy release. I mean, it was it was a big deal. All the let's, let's give a shout out to listener Dave Wagner who bought one of every one of the toys, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I think he did. Yeah. I, I did too. I bought one of. Did you buy one too? I bought both, uh, two two of each character. Um, that way, one I could open up, and then the other one stayed in the case. And my entire basement is filled with all the Star Wars toys from Episode One all the way through Episode Six and the Force Awakens, of course. But, yeah, it's it's one of those things. And I think I collect them still to this day because when I was a kid, I had all the original Star Wars toys. Yeah. And my parents bought us two of each character. I just wish they would have kept the other one because, man, I could have cashed in, you know. But Yeah, if I had the Episode One toys, I probably would we, we had we had, the, we had the Boba Fett um, that was like a mail-in offer that had the rocket that shot out and then it became a choking hazard. So I remember they, that. They glued really it in. But, oh, man, all of it. You, you had mail-in orders of, from Cyril to get the Emperor when um, Return of the Jedi came out, when they labeled it Revenge of the Jedi. Yep. But George Lucas was wise to use that later for Revenge of the Sith. But, yeah, he, he fucked that one up. Absolutely. Well, let's move on before we spend the whole podcast on Star Wars. <laughs> Which is okay. A lot of people like that. Hey, maybe maybe someday we'll do Star Wars. Yeah, podcasts. Even, I don't know. I would I would love that. Yeah, I I think I know you would. Yeah, fantastic movies, movies, but boy, there's so many holes in this shit. But absolutely. What's your number one, Joe? Number one, Speed Two, Cruise Control. <laughs> would you believe I have never seen Speed Two? Well, you need to. We're, we I think that one we're actually going to watch live at some point on the show. Okay, because I've never seen it, it is fucking horrible. It's funny because I think that you and told me it was such an awful movie I just didn't get around to seeing it. Oh, like, just, just terrible. It just looked the awful. Idea. I mean, just... I, the, the cheesy title, okay, Cruise Control, I get it. I get it. But Speed was such a phenomenal... Um, you mean because they're on a cruise? Well, they're, yeah, they're on a cruise and they're going to control it because it's out of control. But, you, you know, you still have um, the same guy who scored the original, Mark Mancini, I believe his name is, um, different director. Oh, no, it was same. It was, it was still Jean Dubon. Yeah. Yeah, same director. Sorry. Same director. Remember when Jan Dubon was going to be the big time Oh, he's, he started off phenomenal. I mean, he, he does Speed, Twister, which that landed up being a big pile of shit, but the teaser trailer for that looked so promising. Um, it's, a, it's a guilty pleasure. But yeah, after that, I he, watch did, it. I'm, he did I'm, one of the Tomb Raider sequels. Did he really? Yeah. I didn't know he was still directing. I thought he went back to... He did, he did Speed 2, Cruise Control. It's just, it's, it's, not, it's not good. And you have the gigantic cruise ship. The first one, it makes sense. There's a bomb on the bus. Okay, if you go past 50, the bombs arm. If you drop below, whatever, it blows up. I get it. Now you're stuck in rush hour traffic. What are you gonna do? You know. And they, they what do you do, man. Jack? What do you do, Jack? I'm gonna blow it up. <laughs> he didn't say that because he wanted to save everybody. But here's the thing: you don't have Keanu Reeves in the sequel. That's an X, right? Yeah. You, you have um, Jason. Um, Jason Patrick. Jason Patrick. 
Okay. Poor man's cool. Keanu Reeves. Do you know his his father was Father Cares? Played Father Cares in The Exorcist? Did you know I that? I know that. Yeah. That's uh, Miller. Jason Miller. I did right? know that. They're related. That, that's his son, apparently. If I, if I fuck that up, fans, sorry. But look it up online. That's a true story. But here's the thing. We fuck up at least one thing every episode that people can say, you guys are idiots. I think, I think for now we should always have a computer live right here so we can Google this shit as we're, as we're talking about it. Though, sorry, at 41, my brain's starting to go. People. Well, basically anytime Joe says, what was that one movie and the one actor? We're not going to know it and we're going to look like idiots. We're going to look like idiots, but then we're going to pull it up like so we did So anytime earlier. Joe says, what was that? I'm going to say, shut the fuck shut up, the, You don't know. We don't know, so we can't discuss it. Or I'm going to say, eh, wrong answer, Hans. But th- there's a scene in Speed 2 Cruise Control um, where Willem Dafoe is in a bathtub with leeches. I'm like, oh, that's supposed to scare people? Because you let leeches suck your chest? You fucking weirdo. You know? And, and the music's ramped up at a point. You try to get in this gigantic action sequence where the, where the cruise ship's going to hit an oil rig that just happens to be in the dead center of the ocean. Because why not? You need an obstacle, right? And it's yeah. so funny because this music's all fucking hyper. It's in your ear. Um, you're supposed to feel all this tension. Like, oh, my God, are they going to crash? Are they going to save it? They're trying to turn the boat, you know, at the last second. And every time you see the boat in the water, it's like, it, does, it doesn't move. I'm like, what? You know, they have, like, a side angle of the boat, all this water splashing, but then they show, like, a wide shot, and the boat's not even moving. I'm wow. like, it's. I'm like, I don't understand yeah, it's, why it, this is a speed. It's kind movie. of a movie that's kind of fallen into history. Like you never hear about it anymore. It doesn't really get released. On, that's because you know. it's terrible. Yeah, terrible. It's, Especially when they throw in the dude from the first one who had the car. He's like, take the phone, man. Now he's on a boat, and of Just, course his boat gets destroyed by the cruise ship. <laughs> what are the odds? What are the odds? Uh, and it, it, it's funny because this movie came out in 1997. The Lost World Jurassic Park came out in 1997. And sometimes you can see like similarities between movies. And I'm, I wonder if Hollywood just says, in one of your scenes, you have to have a boat crash into a port. Right? Because in Lost World, a boat crashes into a port. Yeah. Right? Same thing here. Boat comes in, knocks out a gigantic bridge. Right? That's how they slow it down. It finally comes ashore. It's like, why? Pointless. It's stupid. People are running, screaming. Oh, God. It's... It almost reminded me of like one of those generic Poseidon adventure type movies or the Towering Inferno. They were trying to reenact that where all these people are trapped on the boat and you have just annoying characters. There was a, there was a deaf little girl in the movie and you're like, when are you going to die? I mean, it's so terrible. Die. It's so terrible you know what, you know to say that, but it's just annoying characters. You know what's good when Joe movie. wants the deaf person to die? But so. Willem, Willem Dafoe, who actually has Wisconsin ties, just... Stevens, Stevens Point. Stevens Point, yeah, Wisconsin, but oh boy, he just did not did not sell it as a villain in the movie, um, and I, I believe they even used they used the uh, the tagline again, uh, get ready for rush hour, rush or no, it was rush hour hits the water. Okay, the first one, get ready for rush hour. Cool, I get it because it's a bus stuck in traffic downtown L.A. Yeah, that's cool. I'm intrigued. That sounds fun. A cruise ship out of control because a mad scientist took over the boat the control panel what have you rush hour hits the water how how does rush hour hit the water the boat's barely moving in the film you get close-up shots it looks like it's going fast wider shots no not so much it's 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 it was just gimmicky and and, and overall just a boring boring sequel to which point this is funny. I laugh at this to this day. 
Roger Ebert gave this movie two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. You believe that shit? Roger Ebert gave this movie two thumbs up. What, his own two thumbs? Or was his, his own <laughs> two thumbs. So I'm thinking... So he, Siskel, Siskel and Ebert both like... I, I, I'm thinking... <laughs> he didn't see it. <laughs> he gave his own two thumbs. Yeah, it doesn't make sense because back in the day, he ripped on Die Hard. He hated it. He hated the original Die Hard, but he loved Die Hard 2, Die Harder. But he loves Speed 2 Cruise Control. How's that even possible? Two thumbs up. Rush Hour hits the water. Okay, I'm gonna, we're, we're going we're gonna to have to watch this movie. We will. We'll, we're going to do a live viewing of it. But yeah, that's it. That's our top five. This has gone on way too long. <laughs> it has. But you know what? It's all right because we are going to spend the next ten minutes on this pile of shit movie. Oh. Silent so Rage. Joe, Joe did not like Silent Rage. I did not Rage. like this movie. It's a 1982 science fiction horror film directed by Michael Miller. Who gives a fuck? Who's Michael Miller? I'll tell you who he is. He directed shitty movies called Jackson County Jail, where I believe all the cops raped a woman. You know, it's like, they're supposed to protect her. But who's supposed to protect her from the cops? A case of Deadly Force, which had um, um, Rambo's trainer, um, Mr. Rambo's trainer. No, Rambo's... Who's... Rainbow First Blood. Um, Richard Crenna? Thank you. Richard Crenna Rambo's starred in this shitty movie called The Case of Deadly Force. Versus Meredith was Sorry. I was thinking of Rocky and Rambo got mixed in together. Um, he, um, the, the writer of this shitty film, Edward D. Lorenzo, he actually wrote for the series Miami Vice and the Wild Wild West. Okay. And then he wrote this not Wild Wild, 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 Wild West the movie, right? It, it stars uh, the Silent Rage. It stars Chuck Norris as a sheriff who must stop a mentally ill man played by Brian Libby, who goes on a rampage after being granted near instructability in a medical experiment. Terrible movie. Silent Rage? Silent Turd. It should have been called Silent <laughs> Shit. I almost, I almost fell asleep twice watching this movie, Tom. I, I'm not, I, I don't get it. I, didn't, I did not mind Chuck Norris Missing Action 2, the okay. beginning, the prequel. Yeah, Missing Action 2 is great. Love it. But this, oh boy. Okay, so are we going to go through this movie? Do you even want to go through this movie? Or we, gonna... we, can, we, can, we can attempt it, but I'm okay. going to just rip it apart because it's okay. terrible. Okay. I, I've got some positives about this movie, I think. I, I... There's, there's one creepy scene in it. I'm okay. not going to ruin it okay. yet, but let, let's get into it. But the it, rest of it, it is It starts terrible. off with our, our, you know, the bad guy. John Kirby? John, John Kirby wakes up and he kind of lives in, an, I don't know if he's living in a halfway house or something. Isn't there a Kirby in Commando? Right? Jennifer Franklin Kirby. Kirby. Yes. He, uh, There's so many crossovers here, yeah. Um, he wakes up and he's kind of like, he had a bad dream or something. And then we, he's, he's got these meds and he's trying to take his meds. And he's, but his doctor won't listen to him. His doctor won't listen to him. And he's got screaming kids in the halfway house he's living in. Guy just goes nuts, drops his meds, picks up an axe, and, and starts chasing a woman around. Yeah, that's right. Chases her upstairs. And, and good for him because she was so annoyed. I'm like, was. just, just please. Was. Take that axe and embed it in her forehead because I don't want to hear yeah. her screaming anymore. Well, and in the meantime, some dude that, I don't know if the husband or something, comes out with a chair and tries to attack him, and he just whacks him in the head with the axe. Instead of the axe sticking there, he just kind of like, donk, He turns over. around so you can see in the camera there's blood in his eye. Ah! But it's like the axe didn't stick in his head. It was just kind of like, donk. So I, did, I did laugh at that. And then he chases the woman in the bedroom. The woman, in the meantime, gets out the window, kind of sticks out the... I don't understand this. She yells out the window because there's a... There's a there's mailman. A mailman. A black mailman who's like, like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. He just ran. We need... No, this is funny because he need, she needs help. So he's like, I need help. And he runs off to get help. Sure. In the meantime, Kirby comes in the room. Somehow she wasn't able to get out the window. 
She could it's not, wide open. She, yeah, but she couldn't. He uh, he catches her and kills her. Yep. Now this is really funny because I, I paid attention to this. The the mailman runs off to get help. He does. How long do you think it would take to get help? Oh, in he, their area. He's running off. Where, where yeah. is he going to find cops? Exactly. But the cops just appear. What's it going to take? Like three, four minutes, probably. At the right. ma- minimum? At the at the minimum. I timed it from the time that he he runs off the screen. Yes. Twenty five seconds. The cops are cops there. Pull up. There's another guy with a gun who's not even yeah, a cop. Yeah. So who the fuck is that guy? It's like. In this town, these are the most ready cops I've ever seen. They couldn't save the woman's life, but 25-second response and time. And then calmly sheriff walks out of that car being Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris, comes Texas up to the Ranger. Door. Hello. This is clearly Texas Ranger Chuck Norris. Oh, big time, big yeah. time. But what a dull performance. Good Christ. Well, we'll get into that. Yeah. Right. Chuck Norris comes into the house and has, you know, finds... This is the other thing that's funny. He gets into the room where, where the woman... He finds yes. the dead guy in the yes. steps. Finds the dead gets guy. in the room where the woman is. Body's gone. Yeah. She was not there. Where where did she go? Gone. Maybe he Bonnie stuffed her in the closet. Maybe. No blood on the wall, dude. Blood splashed all over him when he axed her. Where was the blood? I think they fucked up. Yeah, I think they fucked up. Yeah. So Good a job, big, Michael there's, Miller. There's a big... You got to... You got to get into one thing. The fight scenes are pretty decent for an early 80s movie. Yeah, they're, they're decent. Uh, not really. <laughs> not, <laughs> not really. Dude, those, those fight sequences in the bedroom, it's like... They didn't even choreograph it. It was just kind of like, oh, okay, I'm going to punch you. And then... I'm going to tackle you, but then I'm going to like totally um, go off balance here and actually fall down so you can like really jump on top of me. But no, I'm, I'm, I got you now. Uh, struggle around. Fall on the bed. Oh, punch me one more time. Well, okay. I will say they're adequate. They're not, they're not no, awful. It's, they're not good. They're, 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 they're okay. But yeah, I mean, Chuck Norris is too calm to fight people. It, it was not believable. But this was the time not to be calm. So anyways, uh, he's able to subdue John Kirby, and John Kirby's handcuffed, breaks out of the handcuffs, and of starts assaulting some more cops. Because he has superhuman strength. And at this time, John Kirby's doctor, played by Ron Silver, shows up. Yeah, where the fuck does he come out of the blue? Did the well, mailman I'm run assuming, off and get him? No, I'm assuming he was on the phone with John Kirby. Oh, the, yeah, that makes so sense. Because John Kirby calls for help, doctor. and I think he just knows that something's wrong. But anyways, uh, this is funny because like he's a, John Kirby's attacking the two cops, so, like, they shoot him. But, like, Chuck Norris and both Ron Silver are like, no, don't kill him. Like, dude has just killed two people. You, he's attacking cops. Take him down. Why can't you kill him? Right. I don't care if he's got a screw loose or whatnot. He's attacking people. He's killed two already. Why wouldn't you shoot him? And then, and then Chuck Norris has to go off after him, which Deputy well, Charlie is, you're, 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 you're going out. Right? He's already captured him. You're going back in time. No, it doesn't. No, oh, that's right, that's right, because, yeah. I'm sorry. The, I cut out the fight in the chase scene. I just movie. wanted to mention when he goes off to chase him before he actually gets him handcuffs and bring him back is that stupid sequence where uh, Chuck Norris jumps him. off. Yeah, Charlie almost shoots Chuck Norris. He gives him that look like, how dare you? Charlie is the deputy. He's played by Stephen First, and he's, you can't tell if he's supposed to be retarded or what his deal is. <laughs> deputy kind of dipshit. Yeah, he's Charlie. Just, he's supposed to be comedy relief, but he's completely unfunny. No, it's just like, why are you even partners with this idiot? Yeah, because he tells that story later about the dog. Oh, what the hell was that? Oh no! I supposed, just wanted to get it off my chest. Were you supposed to laugh at that? I don't know. Or what? I don't know. Oh my but god! But that guy could not drive. No, he was not a good driver. Well, anyways, so John Kirby is shot and he's in critical condition. They take him to the hospital, which we're kind of like I'm guessing we're in some kind of redneck Texas town. But they have the fanciest hospital oh, around they where they've got like this yeah. genetic, you know, engineering division and stuff. And they, they, it was like uh, Frankenstein's lab for Christ's sakes. Yeah. Jeez. So Ron Silver is there. He was John Kirby's doctor, and there's two other doctors. So there's like 
it's funny because actually Ron Silver is the good doctor. Right. There's one doctor that's kind of like the neutral doctor. Sure. And then there's the evil mad scientist. Yes, doctor. of course, the mad scientist. So the mad scientist doctor is able to convince the, the neutral doctor to be a bad doctor. Right. But Ron Silver doesn't really go along with it. Basically, they inject John Kirby with this serum that's never been used on people before. But it's like gives him miracle like regenerative powers. Oh, damn genetic engineers. Yep. Hey, didn't you like the part where his cut started healing? That was kind of cool. Yeah, it was. It was interesting. Like, yeah. there, there was hints of interesting. Yeah. We'll, parts, we'll get to that. I mean, but anyways, they they kind of bring John Kirby back to life. Well, of course they do. Of course, and somebody escapes. Yeah. And now he's loose. Well, not yet. We're not. We're not going that far yet. After that, we need, we need to get. After that, we get to some subplots that made that didn't really need to be in the movie. Oh. First of all, Chuck Norris has a romantic angle with. Ron Silver's sister, yeah. who he previously had a relationship with. Yeah, awkward. So it's like the basis of the movie is this romantic you know, relationship with him. And they have like two sex scenes in this movie, which nobody needed to see. No. Chuck Norris doing having sex scenes, just nobody needs to see that. His hairy it's not, chest yeah. and them eating fruit. It's, it's not graphic or anything, but they have like a nice little montage. You, you, you just know? see titties rubbing all over his hairy chest. He, he dropped a grape on my chest there. Yeah, it, it's not good. And now eat it. <laughs> yeah, so basically Chuck Norris has these, these, these awful romantic scenes, and not to spoil the trivia later, but his fans did not like him doing love scenes, yeah. so he said he wouldn't do them again. Well, good for him. And he didn't, and we say thank, thank you, Chuck. Thank you, Chuck. Thank you very thank much. Thank you, because nobody wants to see any of that. And also, if Chuck Norris is going to get it on, he does it to this music. Oh, what a great sequence. What was he doing in the hammock? Why was he shaking it so violently I don't so know. the fruit bowl would get knocked over? But there's an awesome like montage to the song where they're doing like, you know, couple things like having a picnic and laying in a hammock and all that. Eating and fruit and bed. fruit and every one of them Chuck Norris wearing tight jeans and no shirt. Disgusting shots of feet and legs and hairy <laughs> chests. It's just and then the occasional tit shot, you know, because you have to have that. And Chuck Norris's tits are in there too. I'm just like, what what is happening? Here? Yeah, Chuck Norris is shirtless through basically ninety percent of this movie. Yeah. He, he it's sure just, is. I'm I'm not saying he, he looks bad, it's just kinda like it's it's overdone and it's kinda like, you know, yeah, he's one of those guys where you're like, uh, I'm going to kick this guy's ass, but he would kick your ass, right, obviously? Yeah, but well, there's, there's another subplot where there's these, the bikers. Oh, what was this, that? It had nothing to do with the movie. It just, it's just to lead to a huge fight scene. Yes, we need a fight scene, so they, we're going to have these Chuck Norris and his deputy down. bump into these bikers, and like they try and kick him out of town, and later on they see them at like a bar. And they go or the restaurant or whatever. The, yeah, the restaurant. They've taken over the restaurant and chained and like tied up the the, the bartender the, or whatever, the, the owner yeah. of the bar establishment. And they're like just you know having this debauchery going on. Lots, there's a woman I swear of, to God getting raped. Yeah, in, there's a lot of bar. lot of boobies there, yeah. in this, and it's just it's just odd. And at least the biker checks tits. Yes. Yes. We're probably one of the better scenes in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> You're reaching, but anyway, <laughs> no, that fight scene was good. It it was all right. It wasn't great. It, it was. It was. You don't have to give this movie any props. You no. have to say that fight scene was decently I, choreographed. Oh, how did they he spend four Why did he bring his thing? motorcycle in the bar? Because he's such a badass. Because they needed to go through the window. <laughs> they only I, had one shot at that scene too. They did, yeah. And boy, you could tell. Yeah. So I mean, this is all just kind of filler to get back to the main story, which is John Kirby. You know, they think he's dead. Right. Ron Silver thinks he's dead, and right. they find out he's not. You're missing the best part of the movie is when uh, Charlie tries to grab them boobies. And, and, and Chuck Norris corrects him by going, no, Charlie. 
indeed. Can I touch them? The biker exposes herself, and you know Charlie gets all excited. Oh, he sure does. And then he goes and talks on the CB about how great they were. Yeah, so. yeah. Another, see, another. So he sees a guy get flung out the door. Oh my God, we need backup. We another need awful attempt at, at humor. This movie just tries hard. Yeah, it tries too hard. Yeah. So John Kirby gets on the loose, uh, you know, and goes first of all to Ron Silver's house. Well, of course. And Visit I really the think the movie picks up at that point. They cut a lot of the shit out of there at that point. I might have fell asleep. No, I'm kidding. Okay, no. That's okay if you did. It's like finally, okay, cool, John Kirby's here. Let's see something. Well, because Ron Silver is too good for this movie. Oh, he is. I mean, he, he literally is a wannabe El Pacino Serpico in this film. Hey, dude, he's better than a lot of Al Pacino lately <laughs> in this and, movie. And that's fine. Yeah. You know, but I don't know, man. It's it's so cliche. He goes downstairs to do his film and all that. Hey, honey, you, you home? And what happens at the time there? Because when Ron gets home, it's, it's like, like light. And it, gets dark. it seems like it's afternoon. Well, because his wife goes to get the pizza. Gets or pizza, and it's like fucking dark. How long did it take you to go to get pizza, babe? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing surprising in this, but I thought it was those were filmed. The, the scenes were filmed well, and I, they were somewhat tense. I mean, you knew it was going to happen, but you know, I. I mean, Ron Silver, to be honest, Ron Silver was about the only likable guy in the movie. He was. Because yeah. Chuck Norris isn't likable in this movie. No. He's kind of a dick. He's boring. Yeah. Well, no charisma. He has no presence in this film. Ron Silver at least has presence. Yeah. You know. Totally. I'm like, he just couldn't why throw aren't you the lead actor? Because movie? he couldn't throw a roundhouse kick. If Ron Silver could throw a roundhouse kick. a stunt kick. double. Ron. Hey, you um, know, he ended up tangling with Van Damme a couple years later in Time Cop, too. There's, there's, which leads up now to the best sequence in the movie is when Ron Silver finally gets it after plugging this guy with yeah, so many he, bullets. Yeah, because he shoots John Kirby, but John Kirby's kind of indestructible. Right, of course. But when the wife finally arrives with the pizza, that's some weird shit. Yeah, because the way she, they film that. she finds... Ron Silver there, and yeah. I just kind of liked how John Kirby was kind of just like looking like a weird, confused animal. It's like yeah. he's just kind of weird. Like, yeah, he's like, uh, yeah, exactly. Now, that's the other thing I'll say. That guy was a terrible actor in the beginning when he had to talk. Right. After that, after that first scene, he doesn't talk again. He's, he's effective after that. Yeah. It's something with his face yeah. or something. But when he's, he's like, like kind of doing that weird crawl yeah. thing, and I was starts, like, all right, that's kind of fucked up. She kind of hides in the attic and does the cardinal mistake of oh, she hears you know, no, nothing going on. I can leave now. But she exits, and then John Kirby just slams her head against the... Oh, yeah, that was cool. That was cool. Just out of nowhere. (laughs) Boom! Cool scene. And she's down. Yes, I mean, the movie picks up, but it it takes over an hour to get... It does, and by that time, you're just like, oh, what's going on And most people have checked out, but... Anyways, Kirby then returns to the hospital, and the the mad doctor knows something's going on because he's all bloody, and they decide it's time to put him down. For, for good. For good. So the neutral doctor, who's now kind of one of the evil doctors, is tasked with giving him the shot. Uh, yes. Gives him the death shot, and then thinks that's it, and walks away, and he's walking down a hallway, and then Kirby shows up behind him, which was kind of creepy, too. Yeah, it was. Because then you realize, they can't kill this guy. They can't kill him. Then Kirby kills him with the same syringe. <laughs> so Imagine he's off, that. Yeah, he's off that guy. Imagine that. And then Kirby eventually goes to, to meet the, the, the mad doctor, and... I like that scene, too. Yeah, I'll give you that one. Where, like, you know, John Kirby walks into there with the Doctor, and it's kind of like, that's his creation. He's kind of like the Frankenstein. He is, yeah, totally. And John Kirby just stands there, and he he, he grabs the, the evil Doctor and puts his hands on his face like my son, and Kirby puts his hands on his on his face like that. It's a nice touching moment. Then he snaps his neck. Yes. That was cool. Daddy, don't At this like point, you. And then Kirby kills various people at the hospital. 
Yeah, of course. Charlie shows up to protect uh, Chuck's girlfriend. I really thought Charlie was going to take him down. With <laughs> <laughs> his fat, fat attack. Run, Nancy! Yeah, so, so Charlie protects the woman uh, and ends up getting his back broken. Her name was, was Nancy, right? Nancy. Yeah. Okay. Gets his back broken. Uh, oh, what a terrible scene, but I laughed. I'm like, finally, thank you. I was glad that he died. Thank you, Mr. Happy. Kirby. Thank you. It's really bad that when you have like a guy that's supposed to be a, a good guy hero right. and is mentally challenged and you're right. waiting for him to die, it's, it's like, like yes. kill him, kill, kill him, him. bring him back. Should have died earlier in the movie. So, yeah. I wish the bikers got you, buddy. So this leads to our obviously big one-on-one confrontation with, with Chuck Norris. But see, Chuck Norris is smart because he's like, I don't want to hurt my knees. So we're going to find the sandiest soil and we're going to yeah. fight here. Yeah. That was kind of funny. Every time they fall, you just poof. The fight like scene did, did nothing for you? You weren't... You weren't the, the, the best part is when he, you know, kicks him and knocks him down into the well. I'm like, oh, yeah, great. Well, that was, end, that yeah. was kind of cool. That little fight scene. But it took forever to just get... It's like, just fucking choke him out and get in. No. Chuck Norris has to get kicked and flipped over when he's trying to choke out John Kirby or whatever to force him down the well. But no, now Chuck Norris is the one hanging. He's the damsel in distress. Yes. And the sister jumps in to help. Ron Silver, sister, Nancy, comes to the rescue, which, why didn't she die in that sequence? If he was able to push that other chick in Because the after this movie, it, it's a time they, for love. They, you know? they, they want I, I would play the song again, but I don't want to torture anybody else. Do it one more time, please. Uh, we, we need to hear this, because that is my jam right there. Is it really? It is. That yeah. should be your like I, iPhone music. That, I think that would become my new wake-up call music. Uh, right there. That's my wake-up call. On my alarm, the song. Mm. I wish that would have played at the end. And then they could have cut to another love scene in the hammock. <laughs> oh, this movie, oh should, yeah. yeah. This movie should have been in 3D. Yeah, right? Right, so, so get to the ending here. He, he gets kicked down the well, and you think, all right, great. It's Which awesome. to me, I'm kind of like, he's kicked down the well, and Chuck Norris, you know, Nancy, like, it's over. I'm like, it really can't be over. It this guy's be. indestructible. How's kicking down a well going to be enough? So, yeah, I mean, it's like the, the, when he was in the vehicle, right? Which was a great scene. I yes. laughed. And just that uh, facial expression on Mr. Kirby when he's about to go off the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> but he, obviously the water didn't kill him there. It's nope. not going to kill him in the well. You nope. know, he's Get indestructible. You should have threw a grenade. But it ends him. with a pretty awesome, I like the little freeze frame end where Kirby's jumping out of the, out of the water. Oh, well, yeah, they, they have that, long, that kind of wide shot of uh, Chuck Norris and Nancy walking off. She just asks, is it over? Yes, Nancy, it's over. I think everybody's sleeping in the audience. Let's walk away. Be really quiet. I like his. I like they his walk story. away, and then the camera pans down into the in the wall, and you you knew it was coming. You had to wait for it. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a sequel. To Zing, and he jumps out, and then the best part of the movie is the credits. I'm yeah. like, thank and God, awesome it's music over. here at the beginning of the movie. Not not a good movie. So Joe didn't like this film. I did not like it at all. Well, let's mean, let's talk some background stuff on it. We didn't we didn't get this one as in depth pull. because Joe's just clearly not into this one. It, you we, you said it would be cool if they could remake it. I think this, yeah, because I mean, there's there, potential there. You there just is. Have to get there's to a lot the of violence stuff right that away. Need to be cut out of this movie. Yes. Like I said earlier, there's like remakes are mostly pointless, but right. I think you should remake movies that have some good ideas but just didn't work. I feel this is one of those movies. I, I think you could spin it. Now there was there was a remake in 2009. It was called Indestructible. I have no idea what that's all. about. I looked at that. And it looks like a low budget. Low like budget. Type it looked film. like something we would have filmed in our backyard. You could have it where this guy. Basically, could have been in the golf war, right? Just kind of mentally off. But it's his family at the beginning. He, he's at sure. home and he loses his shit, and his doctor can't do anything for him, right? And maybe it's his family that he goes mental on, yeah. right? 
And then you could tie in maybe the wife is related to the cop. Some angle there. And now you just get to it. Killers on loose. There's a million ways you can just, you'd get rid of the stupid partner, the stupid romance. Yeah, and just, you don't even have a partner in this movie. You don't need yeah, it. That's the biggest problem with this movie is it tries to be so many things. Yeah, It's, it's a oh, kung fu it's, movie. It's yep. a horror movie. It's a suspense movie. Right. It's a romance. It's a romance. It's a comedy. It's like, I, I do like when Slapstick. they... Slapstick. Yeah, it's like yeah. when you've got a movie, like if you compare it to Predator, where Predator is an action movie and a horror movie, sometimes it works. Oh, you yeah. just gotta, but you gotta work that, it right, and this movie fails miserably. It, it does in that way. But what I, I did like, I liked the mad scientist idea. I thought that those scenes were filmed well. It was it was cool. I liked the regeneration of him. The, the, you know what? The New York Times agreed with you because yeah. they said that was the only interesting scenes in the entire movie. Well, was the mad scientist. Yeah, I mean, it's, those parts were interesting. And when he's stalking people, he's creepy, and it was effective. And I mean, I liked it because he was, you know. You know, you had the Tom character, which is Ron Silver, and he was, like, empathetic because it was his patient. And right. It's like, those scenes are really well done because Ron Silver's a good actor. Yeah. No, you can I'll, tell I'll he doesn't want to kill him, but he's scared to death of him. And, you know, they, and, and uh, how dare they hang Ron Silver on the back of a closet door? Yeah, it, it was know? a weird-looking Ron Silver. <laughs> Bloated Ron Silver. Yeah. Oh, Ron, sorry about but, that. But, yeah, so this, I, I'm not saying this movie needs to be remade. I'm just saying it's something that could be done, and maybe it would be better. Yeah. Very possible. Yeah. Nobody's going to do it, but... Obviously, you, you mentioned this before, the negative feedback from his fans over his love scenes. Yeah. Which he avoided them in the future, thank God. Yes. Um, well, he was in a movie before this, a couple of years before this movie called, was it The Octagon or something? Octagon, yeah. He had some sex scenes in that as well, right? Well, this, There's some nudity or something Yeah, but this, on one's, this one's got like unbearably oh. amount oh. of... It's know. that Hamac sequence. Yeah. I still can't get it's, that out of my head. It's painful. <laughs> you want that grape? You want that grape? Well, huh? You, you, huh? You have some painful sex scenes. When you see Samurai Cop, you're going to be... Oh, like, I can't wait. That's going to be next. I can't wait for that. But this, this movie basically was, was marketed as basically Chuck Norris against Michael Myers, which is kind of what it is. Yeah, it's yeah. Basically. I'll give you that. This this came out in '82. Halloween came out what year? Late 70, 78. Okay, so late seventy. Okay, this was probably so it's, around it's a right after Halloween Two had come out. Okay, gotcha. and the slasher craze was going yeah. on. So they but, tried to mix in with the martial arts with some type of horror formula. Yeah, it just doesn't really work. Well, it could have. It could have. I enjoyed the sequence when he gets knocked out of that window. Yeah. right. That was kind of cool. And basically, Chuck Norris is playing guess what? Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, yeah, the whole time. He's the whole got the, time. like, yeah, it's just like, you know, same thing. Chuck Norris followed up uh, with, uh, he followed up this movie with uh, Forced Vengeance. Yeah. Um, the Lone Wolf McQuaid. What the, what was that? Did you see this movie? Yeah, it's good. Is it? Okay. It's decent. All right. And then, then he did his missing action movies. That's when he went to Canon, just like Canon. Charlie Bronson. Now, how did, did they film Missing in Action 2 first? Well, I don't want to go too Did they switch to titles or something on that? Missing in Action 2 was yes, the first film. was the first one. But they kind of, I think they shot them back to back, okay. and they didn't like the second one as much as the first one, okay. so they released it the other way. I'm in complete opposite. I, I liked Missing in Action 2. Action 2 way better. Exactly. It's cheesy as shit. It is, but, but it's, uh, enjoyable. It's, it's entertaining. We will have to do that one. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, nothing like Chuck Norris being, having his head put in the bag with the rat. And coming out with chewing the rat to yes. death. I'm like, yes, 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 you're a badass. See, that's the Chuck Norris I remember. Uh, you know, I, I did see Octagon back in the day, but this shit, it's like, ew. Just I have never been 
a big Chuck Norris fan. No, I, and I'm not saying I'm a huge fan. I think he's the weakest of the 80s action of stars. Of course he is. Which is funny because he's like the, the most realistic fighter. Yeah. He could probably kick anybody's ass. He yes. probably, you know, he's not a fake like Steven Seagal is. Most exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, he's, you know, as charismatic as a log for the most part. Hey, Chuck, I used to be in the movies. <laughs> now, now we're going to fight. Oh, oh, is that a hot dog in your pocket? You go fucking eat your hot dog. That was a bad Van Damme. I don't know what that was. That was that was strange. That was an attempt at a Van Damme. Oh my word! Eat your green peas, motherfucker. <laughs> so, what else we got in this one? Well, the movie made what? It grossed ten point five million on release. So that's it. Still pretty good for that. I mean, it's, it's not, you know. It it opened. Do you have a guess on this? I guess what? You you probably have the paperwork right there. It it opened fourth opening weekend, right? Yeah, I do. I think I had it from yeah. I'd be behind Porky's, some kind of hero. I have no idea what Richard that's Pryor. about. Oh, is that okay? On Golden Pond, and then Silent Rage, and then Chariots of Fire was right behind it. And Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor's twice in the live on the sunset. What's number twelve on there? Uh, Vic, Victor Victoria. I remember watching oh, that. I I, I got the actually first week it came out. Number twelve. This it came out. You, I think you might have the second week. Oh really? We, no, Porky's was number one. What's okay. right? Porky's then some kind of hero. Oh, I guess you're right. Yeah, you got a different one. Than it I opened up number, <laughs> number twelve. You got same as yeah, a little sex. What is number a little sex? Never heard of that. One. I don't know, but the penitentiary two. What the <laughs> fuck was that? It's a boxing. Movie. I remember Cat People, Quest for Fire. No idea. Death Trap. Is that who's that? That's uh, Christopher Reeve. Really? Okay. Death Trap. Nice. Um, on Golden Pond, I just actually watched that several months ago on Netflix. Okay. It was kind of like uh, the, the Crumpy Old Man. Yeah. You know? It's a good movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, especially when he fell off the boat. <laughs> We're going to get that son of a bitch. Ah! And then Chuck Norris came and kicked him in the head. <laughs> well, that, I, right. I, the, uh, what the fuck yeah, that, is that in the picture? That's Chuck Norris. The Silent <laughs> Rage Man. This, this was the first movie that, uh, of his production company. Top Kick Productions. Oh, so that was his. Yep. Top Kick Productions. Good Lord. Did, did they produce sidekicks? Probably. Later on? I okay. believe so. All right, good. Absolutely. Good for you, Chuck. Reviews for this movie, as you said, were not kind. Variety said, this has more unintentional laughs than possible in 100 minutes. <laughs> Which is great. I love it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's definitely a strange movie. Because they, they try to do so many things with it. Yeah. No, and, no, I, I hear you. And it's, it just kind of collapses under that. It's it's sloppy. In a in a way, it's um, it's kind of like the Cobra. In a way, you're just kind of like they throw too much at you. It's like just simplify the story. You know, you don't need well, all. I don't think Cobra was really Cobra was just messed up, messy. It's you a messy. For the, that's what I'm just saying. Sometimes it's just like. But at least Cobra always knew what it was. It, it had, a bit, had a bit of a slasher element, and it was an action movie. So yeah. This movie's got so many things going on. Too many. Too many oh, yeah. things going. Absolutely. What are we going to give this turd? I know what I'm giving it. Yeah, well, I, it was my, my choice, so I probably should go first. Do it. What are, I, what are you giving it? I'm giving it two stars. Really? I am. Oh, no. Because I think it's, <laughs> I think it's still got some merit. It's not, it's, you know, it's not a great movie. I would more lean towards one star, but there's a lot of nudity in this movie, too. So when there's a lot of boobs in a movie, it usually bumps it up a little bit. <laughs> it's not particularly good nudity, but, you know, it usually... One great set of boobs in the bar sequence. For the lady that had a thing for Detective Dipshit Charlie. Do you want to see him and touch him? Can I? <laughs> no, Charlie. 
Put your, put your penis away, Charlie. <laughs> no, that didn't happen in the movie. But boy, that would have made it more... more oh, that would have been great. Yeah. I would have laughed. So two stars. Two stars, for, two stars from Tom. So let's get some Bruce Willis. Yes. Sing it, Bruce. Oh, we can. Yes, we can. I remember Bruce Willis his uh, original commercial for Bartles and James back in the day. Oh my God, awful. He has hair. He's singing. He he looks like a total queer on the back porch singing into a Bartle and James bottle. Well, yeah, not so, cool. I, I don't even need to ask Joe to score as I'm already going to guess. Oh, it. it's the bees, baby. Oh yes. Swallowed the bees. That's uh, the rage right there, baby. That's your second one on there. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm now, sorry. Don't you feel bad you gave Cobra the bees because now Cobra is tied with Silent Rage. No, Silent, no. I Cobra, can live with that. Really? I, I think Cobra would have been a one star. Cobra is such a sloppy <laughs> film that it, it does not deserve more than the bees. One star. That's okay. it. Well, you, you give, or zero. You, sorry. You zero. Give Cobra zero. Zero. So that's what zero. I meant. I bet you yeah, would rather give no, Cobra no, no. one. Me, well, no, no. I'm, I'm sticking with the bees. It's just okay. a, it's a sloppy I, I was movie. just checking. The bees. All right. So we, we need to talk about what's next, Joe. You, it's your choice. Oh, yes. I've, I've made you suffer a lot lately, so. And now it's, now it's your turn because I'm going to introduce you to a gentleman who is shy. He's sensitive. He's law-abiding. He's polite, respectful. I don't think so. <laughs> Do you know what movie I'm referring to here? I think I'm getting where you're going with it. I hope this isn't, this is a Bruce Willis film, isn't it? It is. It's from 1991. Bruce Willis as Eddie Hawkins in Hudson Hawk. Fuck my, fuck, fuck my life. Oh my God. You're really going to. I am. I I remember, um, what was it? My parents were going through a divorce. And then you sat I saw this with movie. me. No, no, no. Maybe. Well, maybe that's why they split. I don't know. But no, no, that's, 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 no I remember that's the key. You know, you're like, all right, I'll go with you because I know you're going through a difficult time. And then we went through a difficult time again by seeing Hudson Hawk in the movie theater. But it's, right, it's let's, a let's, lovely American action comedy film directed by Michael Lehman. Let's, let's give these poor people Here's a trailer. trailer. Never could drink a cappuccino in the movie. Maybe nobody told you. I quit stealing. If he wants to keep on living. Watch your step. Hold your breath. Hang on for dear life. And catch the Hawk. Bruce Willis, Danny Aiello, Andy McDowell, Hudson. Oh my God. Sounds like a party. When Daniello is second build, you know you're in trouble. Yeah, I, I, to this day, how could a movie with a budget of $65 million only muster $17.2 million in the theater? I'm surprised box? it made that much. I saw it in the theater. Wow. I have not seen this movie since the theater, so this will be quite interesting. It, it, 
it's still shit. I'm very excited. I'm yeah, very excited I'm, to I'm watch putting it. you through some torture here. So now, we're also going to be doing a live, live, uh, our next live event. Yes. Which will be Samurai Cop. Yes. So let's give you one more trailer on the way out. There here. we go. This is the the next live event. This is a true masterpiece. Are you Fuji Fujiyama? <laughs> yes, I am. Who are you? I'm a cop. like arcades music or something. This is great. His real name is Joe Marshall. He's a big chin motherfucker from Tango and Cash. He got his martial arts training from the master. What's his name? Robert Zadar. Yes. Born Robert Zadarsky. To invite us. Would you like to fuck me? Uh, hello. You're the one that talked me into bringing this moron from San Diego to fight the uh, Japanese Katana gang. Defies all logic. How did you know I come on with you? Let's just say I can read eyes. Samurai cop. All right. I stuck a big club up my ass, and it hurts. <laughs> what? I gotta figure out a way to get it out of there. <laughs> I am so looking forward to this. Tom obviously has seen this movie. I have not. It was not. on my guilty pleasure list. So first we have to get through Hudson Hawk, all right, and then we're gonna have some really. A real good time. We're gonna have some fun with Samurai yeah. Cop. So until next time, catch the excitement, catch the adventure, catch the hawk, catch the next episode of the Man's Man Film Review. All right, be good out there. We're gonna hit up or cue our uh, lovely end music here. I hope is it working? There we it is. Play this for a while, so. There it is. Hey. <laughs> Love it.